Coming to you from the greatest city in the world, this is the number one showbiz podcast. It's Talk for Two. Here's your host, Matt Bailey. Thank you, Gary. That's our announcer, Mr. Gary Owen. And as always, thank you to our season sponsors, Axtell Expressions and the Tangent Bound Network. Find fantastic podcasts at tangentboundnetwork.com and all your entertainment needs are at axtell.com. I'm excited today because we get to talk about a wide range of topics. From politics to the entertainment industry, the marketing doctor, Dr. John Tantillo, is with us. Dr. Tantillo has been one of New York's top marketing experts for many years and has been a consultant to major news outlets. He is perhaps most well-known for coining the term the O'Reilly Factor, which became the name of Bill O'Reilly's long-running Fox News show. Now, no matter your politics, it can't be denied that the role marketing plays has gotten bigger and bigger in arenas where it used to be more subdued. The most recent election comes to mind. Dr. Tantillo tells us why this is, along with his take on the Kardashians, celebrity marketing stunts we may fall for and not even know it, and so much more. Here now to tell us what makes marketing different from publicity, our interview with one of the country's top experts, Dr. John Tantillo. Dr. John Tantillo, welcome to Talk for Two. How are you today, sir? Okay, Matthew. So good to be here with you today. It is so good to be here with you. Now, I want to talk about uh, ad publicing, if I'm saying that correctly. You are. Why is controversy in marketing a good thing? Well, it it's it gets people talking, it gets people clicking, it gets people interacting, and that I mean, you know about this from your major in um, college that this is what it's all about. You want an exchange, you want an interaction. I mean, that's what marketing is about. It's about an exchange. It's about getting the marketer to satisfy the needs of their customers. That's the secret of marketing. It's not about you as the marketer, it's all about your customer. So when, for example, the media says, well, Donald Trump should say this, or Donald Trump should say that, or he's not pivoting, wrong, because you're not his target market. I don't think you're his target market, nor am I his target market. It's the people who voted for him. That's his target market. And he's satisfying the needs of that target market. So when he speaks differently, and this is what I don't understand, when he is with his base or when he's in a stadium addressing his base, he talks differently than when he's talking about Afghanistan. And I know we don't want to get too much in in the weeds on this, and we don't want to get into politics, but it does illustrate the importance of marketing today in politics that for all intents and purposes, the media just doesn't get. 
Well, it's interesting because the, the idea of marketing and, and PR and publicizing and ad publicizing, I think it's it's added another level to politics that wasn't there decades ago. That's it, correct. Which yep. is the entertainment aspect of it. I'm fascinated with President mm -hmm. Trump as an entertainer myself. I'm not. I don't care about politics. I didn't. I was fascinated with this narrative of Donald Trump is the bad guy. Hillary Clinton is the savior. Uh, Hillary Clinton is just you know it's expected she's going to be the next president, so she's not really doing a whole heck of a lot, and then, oops, you know, Donald Trump won, was the was the narrative. And to me, that's a, that's a purely entertainment narrative. And I think, I don't want to, I don't want to add good or bad connotations to the idea of marketing, because obviously I love marketing. Marketing is, is useful, but it is, it is, for lack of a better word, a fault of marketing that we stayed at the narrative level and, and didn't really delve too much into the politics of it. If that makes any well, sense. Well, uh, to be fair and balanced here, the same could be said for uh, Barack Obama. Yeah. That he was, uh, he, I mean, really, what experience did Barack Obama had have? However, he was such a phenomenon in terms of being so charismatic. Mm -hmm. And being a great speaker. And if you were to take political types and co-vary out what party uh, you are, but if you take pure um, uh, people, uh, policy wonks, they would say that, you know, uh, Obama was not President Obama, I should say, uh, was not necessarily one of the strongest uh, presidents we've had in, in some of those areas. So, mm -hmm. you know, as we like to say, one man samples another man's population or one, or one person's sample is another person's, um, uh, you know, universe. Uh, the point I'm making is that politics it has been, uh, I mean, Obama, President Obama has done this and Trump has done this, used marketing. And when you talk about marketing, in addition to um, knowing your customers, it's all about segmentation, market segmentation mm -hmm. that Trump's people were brilliant at. They overstepped uh, the Democrats that were using old models as opposed to the digital model, a marketing model that Trump and his people use. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and there's a there's a um, a uh, discipline in marketing uh, called psychographics, and that's basically analyzing people's behavior and how they relate to certain products and lifestyles. And it's called psychographics. And uh, they did this, this group, uh, Gil, uh, what was his name? Um, Pascal and Giles, I mm -hmm. think was the name of the digital marketing company that did all of that, you know, and put that all together. So and they they hired out a database company that was able to track everyone who went to a Trump rally, had their emails, and got the vote out, which Democrats were great out years ago, and used it digitally, digitally and there you have it. Mm -hmm. And that's why, uh, that's why 
uh, one of many reasons why Donald Trump is our president today. I would agree. I think I think he was very good at, at staying in, in even traditional news media. He stayed. I mean, you couldn't turn on a TV without seeing without seeing him doing something. And they, they were always talking about him negative, positive, whatever, mostly negative. But, you know, it yes. was it was them trying to, to spin it. But it just it worked in his favor. Was that something? Could you say that that was intentional, maybe on his team's part to just stand the press no matter what? Oh, absolutely. You know, he comes from the old school, um, you know, uh, keep your name in the, you know, in the public eye, just get the name spelled right. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. And, you know, communications people would say you can't do that. you got to worry about the image. And that's where I say that marketing is replacing communications as a strategy uh, in politics. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm going to move away from President the President Trump example, the election sure. example. And sure. I'm going to talk about people like Beyonce, people like Taylor Swift, who are the total opposite. They, they're very careful about being in the media too much. Beyonce doesn't give interviews. Taylor Swift wiped her Twitter clean a couple days ago. So mm-hmm. it, it, as a gimmick, if, unless there's a better term, as uh, what could be described as a gimmick to release her new... Um, her new album, and she's very good at stealing back that narrative because the new album is called Reputation, and the cover art is 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 all of these newspapers, and I'm sure it's an allusion to all of the negative things that have been said about her. Is that is that what is that way of doing it? Because it, it makes somebody seem so inaccessible. Is that good or bad to be doing? Well, it depends once again on your, uh, you know, the goals and objectives that you, you have. And uh, in the old days, uh, you would say that one of the things you wanted to avoid was overexposure. Mm-hmm. And that and that what the two uh, examples that you use, Beyonce and Taylor Swift, what they would want to do is be overexposed. Otherwise, people would get sick and tired of them. Mm-hmm. And so that so you would have a very, very um, well-crafted um, strategy of uh, how and when and what would be the best way of reaching your target market without uh, interfering with the strength or the robustness of your brand. Mm -hmm. Because then you take somebody like a Garth Brooks. I know I'm jumping all over here. No, no, no. This is good. He went went on hiatus for 14 years. And to me, just my own opinion is that was a brilliant marketing strategy. Yes, in earnest, he went home to raise his kids, but he built up demand. But now that he's back... He will he will play until he will announce concerts in one place to meet demand so that nobody is shut out from his shows. He holds a press conference. I went to one of the press conferences upstate in New York here um, in March and I got to interview him. Um, he he's a man of the people. And while his his Internet presence is very controlled as a personality, he is very engaged and wants to give the fans as much as he possibly can of himself. Um, how does somebody like a Garth Brooks avoid turning that into overexposure? Uh, that is a great question, <clears throat> and the, uh, th- there ain't no simple answer to that. <laughs> and uh, the idea is that uh, 
why is he doing why he's uh, why is he doing what he's doing <clears throat> and um you know um i guess that's probably uh the best way to analyze uh what what's going on there and uh you know my own kind of uh you know response to what you've just described is it's probably uh, an overreaction to being gone for 14 years, and it's more saying more about his neediness necess- <laughs> uh, than it does about a, you know, a a, a, um, a very very um, thoughtful, well thought out, um, you know, strategy on how how to keep in the uh, you know the mainstream mm-hmm. and keep his name out there. Go yeah. ahead. No, you're right. You're right. It's it's. I would agree. I would agree and disagree because I think I think what he really wants more than anything is to. I mean, he won CMA Entertainer of the Year last year, fifth time to do it. I think he's only the first or second person to to do that. So, but the mainstream in turn terms of album sales for his new records, yeah, he's a touring. I guess you could say legacy act, and and that's really where people are going and patronizing him. The records aren't doing as well as I think he had hoped, which is is sad to see, but. That's what happens when you're gone for so long. It it, it seems right, right, right. Well, it well, le- it's interesting that that's how you describe him as a legacy act, you know. And you know, in in, in entertainment, it's not what have you done for me; it's what have you done for me lately. Yeah. I mean, you know, how many how many times can you listen to uh, the Beatles singing "Let It Be"? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I love Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, uh, and I love, I've got you under my skin, but I mean, do I want to hear that, uh, every day? No. Uh, and you know, there are times when you want to put that on the back burner and not hear it for a while, even though it's my favorite Frank Sinatra song and I love Frank Sinatra. That's great. Another switch gears. How do you explain sure. that? How do you explain the Kardashians? To be blunt, they turned a sex tape into an empire, and it's really weird. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I, I, you know, I'm going to be very, very honest about this, and I can only be because you bring you bring the honesty out of me. I don't understand it either, uh, other than um, they uh, satisfy they must satisfy a need in a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. which is uh, probably women of your age group and younger who have a fascination with fashion and uh, lifestyle and um, family drama and dating. I mean, it, it, you know, it hits on all of those those characteristics that I myself do not find uh, interesting, but you know, and that's the secret of marketing, and that's the secret with branding. Branding always is about attracting customers. That's the secret of a brand. And once you understand that, then you've got you got it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, take Oprah Winfrey. She, when she first started out, she knew who her target market was and that was uh, you know uh, women married women 
who had some free time on their hands. And what did she do to promote her brand? And no one knows this. And how did she build a brand? By going to malls and doing personal appearances at malls. Wow, Could I never you imagine knew that. that. Yes, it was a traditional promotional based model and that's you know that's really the secret so matt uh you know uh for you to become even a bigger star than you are you're going to have to go to these malls and start promoting yourself that way so that uh, you will be the uh oprah of the next five years well that's that's what i want to do i really you know it's funny you say that because everything is online now and i'm such an in-person we met at a WCBS event, the Tony Bennett uh, headlining Night of New York Stories. And what I did is I came up to you and I shook your hand. I looked you in the eye. I said, I know your work. I said, and I like what you do. I said, I'd love to have you on my show. I'd love to meet and chat a little bit more. Nobody in my generation seems to care about doing that anymore. I'm the one that would go to the mall. You know, I'm right. I'm more apt right. to go to a mall than to make a post on Facebook, which I shouldn't say because I have some social media clients. So I understand right. that world, but like, I, I, if I want to stand out, I like to shake a hand, and and maybe that makes me an old soul, but I'm kind of proud of it. You know? No, but that's what's going to make you a star. And that's and th- those are the secrets that you pick up from uh, from this one and that one and how you, in fact, go brand yourself, which is my mantra, which and when I say go brand yourself, just it's not just making a presence, but satisfying the need of your listeners, your viewers, <clears throat> your customers. That's what it's all about. You're exactly right. And uh, that's why I say I've been lucky because with this show to have so many people on that that I just keep getting to do it. And and a lot of that is building that brand and figuring out who I've wanted on it. And and, uh, I'm so glad you're here to talk. Now, I had my other thing here. I wanted to switch gears again. Uh, Something you said about Oprah. It was was something. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. The O'Reilly Factor. I know what we, sure. we want to d- delve into that. You coined that term. What is the O'Reilly factor? Well, when Bill and I used to uh, uh, be men about town and we used to go to all the clubs, um, you know, what you would have to do is you would have to uh, ask Bill whether or not he would want to go to this club or that club. And you would, we would say to the posse, well, where are we going tonight? And I said, well, that's a matter of the O'Reilly factor. And it all depends on <laughs> what he wants to do. And, uh, you know, he was a, I don't know if you know this, but he was a, um, uh, a local um, anchor for mm-hmm. a show called PM Magazine. Yep. And that's where I, I, I basically met him. I think it was called the underground on 17th street and uh, i he was there the one day and the sportscaster a lot of these guys i'm gonna going to uh uh, i'm gonna age myself but a fellow by the name of sal marciano Mm. used to go there was a sports guy in new york city that did the local sports and then um, Duval was there, Robert Duval. 
uh, famous male models like Michael Ives at the time. I mean, this was a real hip club. It wasn't Studio 54 because Studio 54 was more, um, that was another, uh, just another level. And it was just uh, a more drug-oriented uh, place. And the place that, that, that we, I think it was the underground. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but the, the point I'm making is that that's where people would hang out and dance. And I basically recognized him, and I introduced myself. And then he called me. He says, Tantillo, do you want to? What you would you like to go out? Where do you want to go? And I had this way. Um, I was. Uh, I uh, used to go to a place called the Limelight. Uh, which was another another club it was a church that was converted into a nightclub, and I knew uh, Peter Gation, who was the owner, and um, uh, I'm throwing names around, and Chaz Palmentary was yep. the bouncer, and he used to refer to me as Doctor John, and the line would be around the corner, and I would come up and get myself and O'Reilly in one, two, three, and the rest is history. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, and I knew it back then that the guy was a very talented man. He's just a really, really a talented guy. Number one and, cable news show for, what, 20-some years, and and uh, it's, uh, he just, he, I grew up, I'll, I'll admit it, I grew up in a, a household that watched Fox News, which is uh-huh. sadly an uncouth thing to do <laughs> these days. Um, right. But uh, I grew up watching O'Reilly, and I formed my own opinions based on watching him. And, and I, you know, it's it was interesting to see how he just attracted this cross-section of mm-hmm. America that I don't know that they watched Fox News if but for O'Reilly. Right. That, that's right. That's right. And um, here's a prediction. I know I'm going out and, uh, on a limb here, or maybe I'm not, but uh, you know, some people would say, why are you going to make this statement? Because that's just the way I am. I, I, li- I like to take some, some sort of chances, but uh, although I, I don't think this is a chance to say this, I believe that O'Reilly will be bigger and better than ever. Because uh, what you know is that there that, that this medium uh, that we're using now, the internet, uh, internet, is boundless. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a function of some executive saying I want you on or I want you off. It's a function of how many people you can market to, okay, and express your expand your brand to, and uh, you don't have to worry about executives. It's you. Mm-hmm. It's you and how you market those podcasts and how you reach those people that you want to reach. Mm-hmm. And that brings me back to the other question I was straining to figure out earlier, which is, if any, and I'll preface this for our listeners, I told you this before we started, I looked at marketing as a major in college, but it was a bi- it was under the business school and there were just some courses that I didn't want to take, I couldn't take, and, and I just sure. I said it's too much work just to do marketing. Public relations was under the, the arts and sciences school. There was mm-hmm. the Lubin School of Business and the Dyson Arts and Sciences College. Mm-hmm. What is the difference? Because those terms are used so interchangeably. What is the difference, if any, between marketing and, and public relations? Oh, well, well, yeah, some of the public relations people are not going to like what I'm going to have to say. But here we go. Um, 
marketing is the discipline of satisfying customer needs and public relations is a tactic like advertising is a tactic, like sales promotion is a tactic, like events marketing is a tactic, like publicity is a tactic. All right. So public relations is simply a tactic. Communications is a tactic under the umbrella of marketing. Now, um, in the old days, they were completely different disciplines, mm -hmm. okay? And which, uh, and the two main uh, differences was advertising on one side, which was a paid communication, and then there was public relations on the other side. And interesting enough, those two disciplines were under the communications school uh, years ago, like in the 1960s. Hmm. Wow. So you or part of the journalism school. OK. In other words, for you to get an advertising degree, well, think about it. Advertising was all about writing and copywriting and coming up with an ad that would attract to communicate. And then what happened in the 60s with a fellow by the name of McCarthy out of Harvard, he started to make marketing uh, a much more uh, an individual discipline. And marketing comes out of, are you ready for this? It comes out of economics. Which is why it was under the business school. You got it. Yeah. You it's, got it. So crazy. They, there's a little bit. I yeah. hope that helped. I hope I didn't become too academic on you. No, I no, I, I appreciate it. It's it's just one of those things where looking back on what my college career was and what my um and what my side stuff was doing this show. They never because it was a, I was a film major. They never they never meshed because I didn't educate myself enough on those minutiae. And right. I, I regret that, you know. Right. And so now yeah. thinking about my master's in a couple of years, I, I know what I would want to do. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I was going to say uh, I appreciate um, uh, the fact that you have challenges with math. And, and let, me, let me relate to you this, what happens to me. When I do math-oriented activities – I no. can't be creative. And when I'm creative, <laughs> I have difficulty doing the math. In other words, there is a left brain, right, right brain. brain. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> so you're so there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. Um, you know, and here's, here's something else. Um, uh, music majors uh, have do very, very well in math. High correlation between um, uh, music majors and proficiency in mathematics. How do you like that one? I, I know that because I study music a little bit, and I know that there's, you know, you got a 4-4 four, four time, 2-4 time, you got A-C-E and how much is intervals. It's it's crazy. M music is crazy, yeah. and I, I admire those people 
so, so much. And so does an effective marketer have to be good at, at advertising PR? Does it have to be a well-rounded thing to be an effective, effective okay. marketer? Excellent, excellent, excellent question. The uh, Where we are is that uh, in the in the 80s and, and to a lot today, but today, it, oh, okay. There's a concept that was developed in the 80s called integrated marketing. Mm-hmm. And integrated marketing would mean that you would take your advertising, you would take your public relations, you would take your sales promotion, you would take your publicity and put together what you would call a promotional plan that would use all of those tactics to promote your given brand. So that's. So it's integrated marketing. So a so if you, for example, are, are a product manager for Procter and Gamble, and uh, you're uh, you're the the uh, product manager for Tide, okay, Tide the detergent, all right, and you just rolled out this new product the Tide Pods uh-huh. that you had problems. The little kids thought they were candies and they were eating them. Yeah. No, you can't do that. Your you what you would do if you were Procter and Gamble and you were the brand manager for Tide, and you were uh, you had to manage the pod uh, that that product line that product the, the pods. You would have to put together the radio advertising, now the digital advertising, the public relations. So, so the kids now are eating pot, the the pods. What am I going to do? Oh no! What am I going to do? My what crisis management am I going to do? That's all under the product manager's do, domain, mm-hmm. and there would be, and he would, he or she would be coordinating a strategy on how best to roll that product out, which would be the advertising, the public relations, uh, once again, uh, the digital ads, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I making sense? Absolutely. It's, it's, okay. it's becoming a broader picture because whereas you might have the, the Tide Pod billboard, you also have the news releases that go to the Today Shows and the digital yes. platforms and, and, yes. and all of the news outlets to say Tide Pod releases new, new pods of different scents or whatever. It's, it's, all, it's becoming clearer to me how each one is interconnected and how each of them are separate as well. I just thought it was, oh, the, the ad guy does the thing and then has to design the what else and, and you know does the release, but also has to design the billboard. And, and it's interesting that they really were sectioned off into to different things because my focus is, is journalism and PR. To me, they're, they're, they're mirror professions because yes. you can't... Yes. I know so many journalists that come from PR and I know so many people that are in PR that move there from journalism because it pays better. So it's, right. yeah. Right, right, right. It's, it's excellent. So I guess my last question for you before we let you go here, and it's sad to let you go, but um, the, the last question I have is, what is your advice to somebody that wants to get into marketing that is maybe just graduated or is in college and is looking at starting their career path? Internship, internship, internship. I remember uh, teaching at St. John's University, and um, uh, one of my students was working at a gas station, mm-hmm. and he asked the same question, 
And I said, uh, well, you got to get out of the gas station. Not that there's anything wrong with that. If you want to own a gas station someday, then, then then that's a great that's that's good. You're getting to learn the business. However, it, you gotta you gotta work for an advertising agency. You gotta work for a marketing agency or today a digital marketing agency. And he looked at me. Uh, there was no digital at the time because we're talking about the you know early '80s. Um, uh, the point being, he, he did not want to do that for whatever reason. And that was a mistake. So what I'm saying is you have to get, um, as much experience as you can, even if it pays, uh, next to nothing. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, you know, this as well, that if you wanted, if you wanted to, uh, get a job at any of the major networks, you're going to start, if you're starting with, uh, 22, 23,000, you're starting at a lot, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, but the idea there is that what you're doing is you're getting the experience and, uh, well, it's, it's... based on I, I agree with you, and I, I'm going to jump in here because it's even harder than before to ever attain those internships or to find those entry-level positions because now everything is just a form. Everything is – you're reduced to a form. I think you talked a lot today about the the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. I think, I think people – maybe I'm wrong, but people were – it was easier to show your individuality in your field. Uh, well, I don't know if I can completely agree with this. Here's a, here's something that I, I just talked about. If you if you want to take a look at my videos, you can go to my um, YouTube channel, John Tantillo. Very easy. And I I put this up yesterday. And what I did is I went to Tiffany's. And I'm not name dropping. I, I really want to help our listeners to understand the power of this. No, I and, it, I yeah. got, and I got and I got. I bought uh, what they call note cards. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea of a note card is that after you've, you've met someone or you've done an interview with this person, to get something in the snail mail, nobody else does that. You differentiate yourself. I'm yeah. not saying you don't do an email thanking them, but if you do the the card as well, guess what? Okay? You're going to stand out. You know? Or somebody you met, uh, uh, Darth, uh, Darth Brooks. Mm -hmm. Sending him a note. Yeah. Uh, you know, a handwritten note. Gee, thank you so much on that, you know, with that beautiful name of yours, mm -hmm. Matthew Bailey. And, you put in, and it's engraved. And it's from Tiffany's, and they'll know it's from Tiffany's. That makes the difference. And that's how you go brand yourself. You're basically communicating to that person that they, you appreciate what they've done for you. And that, there's nothing like it. And you'll always be memorable. That is excellent, and that is, I don't think we can follow that. Dr. John Tantello, this was excellent. Thank you so much for connecting with me and, and doing this interview. I, I really appreciate it. My good man, anytime. I had fun. Thank you so much, Dr. Tantello. Please come back. We could have talked for hours that day. I really, really had 
a lot of fun talking to you. For those that want to know more from The Marketing Doctor, you can find his website in the show notes at talkfor2.com. That's it for us today. Thanks again to our season sponsors, Axtel Expressions and the Tangent Bound Network. Stay tuned to talkfor2.com as well as at talkfor2 on Twitter and Facebook and at talkfor2pod on Instagram. Reach out by emailing talkfor2cast, all spelled out, T-A-L-K-F-O-R-T-W-O-C-A-S-T at gmail.com and talk about us on social media using hashtag talkfor2. Signing off, I'm Matt Bailey, reminding everyone out there to keep talking for two. You can hear more show business interviews with the stars at talkfor2.com. <laughs>